I felt like I've, I've encountered some obstacles. If I can be real with you here for a moment, I don't know what this message is going to look like today. You had a real polished message last week with Pastor David, and today we're just going to see what happens. And, and um, I, was, I was struggling yesterday. For those of you who got the text message yesterday from the church, that took me way too long, by the way. Like, like... Like I'm wrestling and my, my wife comes home. She was up here doing some work, getting set up and she comes home and I'm like just struggling. I'm at, I'm at the kitchen at like table and, and I'm probably moaning and grunting and, and who knows what else. And, and she's like, it's not that hard. I said, or she said something, it's, it's, it's easy. Just do this. I said, the problem, I know that it's easy, but my brain isn't letting it be easy. <laughs> I feel like this is my weekend. And then like, and then, you know, and then just different things and interruptions and like, I thought I had like three points and, and, and what I wanted to talk about. And I think part of it is because for Friendsgiving, I wanted to talk about friendship. But I don't know about you. I struggle with friendship. Like it is a struggle for me. And, and, uh, and so just know right now, by the way, you're all therapists, right? You're way, you're way cheaper than counseling. I just get to come here and pour my heart out. And then I leave here feeling just good about myself. So, so you're welcome to being, you're all uh, there at, in a chair and I'm on the couch. Just like it's that kind of situation. I was even struggling yesterday, like in, in the midst of my struggle, all of a sudden I realized, I was like, you know what? I was like, I haven't talked to my friend in a while. And, and I, I just called up my friend because I struggle with friendship. I don't know about you. And, and I started processing this because it's, it's been a struggle for a long time. I don't know about you, but like life happens and life changes. I, I remember in high school living in Ohio, just outside of Cincinnati, in the middle of my junior year of high school, leaving Ohio for Tennessee having to shift in the middle of Christmas break and all my friends, everybody that, that, that we knew each other and we knew everything about each other and we did all the good things together and all the wrong things together, getting in trouble and playing soccer and all that. And then I'm up and leaving and, and, and in Tennessee for two weeks before I realized I hated that, I, nothing, nothing against Tennessee. I'm a teenager at the time. Like I just couldn't take it. And I'd come back to Texas and, but then I'm only there before I'm graduating. And then San Angelo and, and, I, and, and I'm there, and, and then I remember when I had a best friend, and, and we're just partying and, and just living life. I'm in college and just doing whatever, and I remember one night when we were hanging out with, with a guy that we, we called a friend, but we didn't actually know him. Anybody, you got one of those even right now, maybe, like, you call him a friend, but, like, like what's their middle name? You're like, you're, I, don't, I don't know. Like, like, by the way, if you know my name, it's Pastor Lane. Like, that's my middle name. Like, you already know that much about me. I go by my middle name. It's just like, that's an in right there. And I remember one night when we were doing stuff we shouldn't have been doing and at a park late one night in the middle of the night and just hanging out and up to no good. And I remember when this guy that we called a friend got jumped by a whole group of guys because what we didn't know is the guy that we were with was a drug dealer. And in the middle of this situation, me and my friend, we, we jump in the situation and we end up saving him from getting hurt worse than he did. And we go back to his house. And in this one moment, we're at this guy's house and realizing who he was, he says, anything you want, I'll have it here in 15 minutes. Some of you are like, 50, like it's San Angelo. You get across town in 15 minutes. I know you don't get anywhere here in 15 minutes. I don't even get to church in 15 minutes. But, but in San Angelo, you get anywhere in 15 minutes. like, I'll have it here in 15 minutes, anything you want. And in this moment, me and my best friends, the guy I did life with, 
All of a sudden, we're faced with a decision of what we do and what we accept and what we engage in. And in this moment, I can only give credit to the Holy Spirit that I knew that was in me from when I was a kid, that I was no longer living for or acknowledging in my life in this time, that, that something inside of me rose up to say, no, I'm good and I need to go. And my friend, he, he followed suit that night. He followed with me because you see, friendship means we got to move in the same direction. It doesn't mean we have to have all the same commonalities and things in common, although how often do we define friendship? Whether we both like the Cowboys or Star Wars, and don't get me wrong, I'll, I will talk about the new Star Wars show. You know, ask Pastor David, like, like I, I didn't text you yesterday. I really wanted to. I watched the most recent episode of Andor yesterday, and I, I was like, oh my goodness, I never want it to end. I'll talk about it all day. We, we, we have all these commonalities that we make life about and the Marvel and, and, and whatever, movies, TV, sports, cars, whatever it is. And we make these things the foundation of our friendship because we define these things in, in moving in the same direction, which is what friendship is. That night, me and my friend, we left in the same direction. But the next night, while I was at work, my best friend walks in my store that I was working in, walks in with the guy that we had left the night before. And it was in this moment that here I am again, saying, I can't go with you. We're going in different directions now. And there's another friendship that was lost. And, and and we struggle with these things. We even take in wisdom like Proverbs 13, 20. Never knew how true this was until looking back. And not even in the moment did I know how true it was. It is in hindsight when Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise and associate with fools and get in trouble. And that's absolutely the situation that I was in with my friends. As I, as I, I can't go with you. I'm your friend, I will always be here, but we are no longer in this moment. And obviously I'm, I'm speaking pastorally, kind of a preacher talk right now. This isn't how I talked back then. This isn't what I said to him, but I'm like, but I can no longer go with you because we were no longer going in the same direction. It's the challenge that we face in life and friends, they, they come and they go and maybe you're different, maybe, maybe and some of this, I understand personalities. I know some, some personalities, like, like my daughter and her personality, she can be friends with anybody, the, the depth, the level. Like, like she's just that kind of person. She, everybody is her friend. She doesn't know an enemy. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and then certain other personalities that might be more guarded and more measured and more structured and, and we're a little more safer and we take it, we take time. And then do I trust you? Do I, do I, give you this information. What is this? But what does this friendship look like when we come into the church where we absolutely are supposed to embody this friendship, but with so many strangers and so many people that are different than us and, and so just have different likes than us. I know some of y'all don't like Star Wars, but it's okay. You're still welcome here, even though I do. I wrestled moving to Arlington. I'm like, do I have to be a Cowboy fan now? Like, do I have, like, like I'm not even a football fan. If I can be honest, some of y'all are like, uh, you may be finding another church. I'm not even a football fan. 
The other day when, what was it, two Sundays ago, two, three Sundays ago, my wife and I, um, we got blessed big time with Cowboys tickets and we were like leaving church and going to the Cowboys game. And I'm like looking at my wife and her and I are in the seats. I'm like, why are you and I here? Like, it was really awesome. But I'm like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> and, uh, and we had fun. We had a blast and we were there. But how do we, how do we deal with this, this friendship? But this is so important that we come into this space and, and we find these connections, these different things. And I, and I think it's so valuable because I like how Craig Shell said, you might be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. And for far too long, I viewed this the way I viewed my friendship with my best friend, who in one night, in one moment, in less than 24 hours, we thought we were on a particular course of life that yeah, we're, we're just doing some things that we, we knew weren't like godly or good, but, but we, weren't, we weren't heading for destruction. And then all of a sudden in one moment, the course of our destinies had an option. And the course of his destiny really took a detour. You might be one friend away. We so often think about this in the negative and, I, and which is absolutely accurate that it is true in the negative. That best friend that I lost to drugs. And, and eventually we, we came back around. Eventually there was somewhat success. I remember when he finally, he did come back to, to me in, as a friend and, and trying to get off drugs and, and walking with him and, and going through a process before it just in, in the long run during that season, it didn't work out. And he just got out of prison not too long ago couple years ago. And we have these struggles, but what if we could view this from a different mindset? So what if we could view this through the lens of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and what God wants to do inside of us, that you might just be one friend away from changing the course of your life. One friend. I looked back at my life and following Jesus. And you don't always realize in the midst of it. It's hard to see the forest through the trees when you're in the midst of those situations. When you get enough distance, you realize that what would look like a whole lot of trees when you're so deep in it and you get space and you get distance and you get time, you realize how beautiful it was as a whole and what value it had as a whole. I look back in my life and, and see the different people that existed in my life, people who taught me so much that just happened to be friends, people that allowed me to ask such difficult questions and people who allowed me to challenge different ideas and, and wrestle with ideas and thoughts and, and scripture and understanding and listening to teaching and and things in these situations that I wouldn't have not even ever realized and, and never sought it out in such a way, I was just looking for a friend. How often are we in life just looking for a friend? And this is so challenging today. I, I can only imagine the statistics when social media came out, how challenging it was with friends. I was laughing at myself. Somebody was talking about Pastor Michael. He's like, oh, and the baby this and the baby that. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's great. And they're like, they're talking about how like, yeah, he's posting on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, he didn't text me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not on Facebook, so I have no idea. But how many, how many friendships do you have that like, you realize that the only way your friendship is even staying connected is if you're both on the same 
proper social media platform. I remember when my daughters, all of a sudden, it obviously it wasn't Facebook and it wasn't Twitter. And it's like, okay, it's Instagram. And then they're switching over to Snapchat. And I'm like, okay, I'll, this old guy, I'll try to get on here and try to figure it out and try to be where my daughters are and, and try to be like, like the, this aspect of friendship is even so dependent upon other things in our life. When's the last time we picked up the phone? When's the last time we had a conversation? This is one of the things I love about our men's Bible study. I won't speak for the women's, but like our men's Bible study, we just had our last meeting uh, this last Wednesday, but, but us coming together and, and sharing ideas and talking because so much of our time and our value is even listening to each other's stories that are so different from one another that have nothing in common. And listening to so many amazing things from different perspectives and, and learnings and the value that we have in that. If you're here today and you find yourself, you feel like you're different from everybody else, take joy in that. There's a joy to be had in this aspect of friendship that we come into here as a part of the Life Church, which is why today is so valuable as we've come into the space being so different and, and so unlike one another in all of our different ways, but yet we still sit across from the table and, and know each other and hear each other's ideas and stories. And how much more does Jesus do this with us? I said I was gonna skip around, uh, Mr. Peel, I'm gonna jump into, it's kind of quite a few scriptures here in John chapter 15. And I, I love what Jesus is doing here with the disciples, he says, in John chapter 15, verse 9, it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. We, we get in a picture before this in the first part of John of abiding, which I love this picture. Imagine this picture of I'm moving in the same direction as Jesus. I'm not face to face. I, I'm going the same direction. He's saying, Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Jesus so famously takes all the commandments and he boils it down into the two. And then here he's even just giving us the one. Why? Because when we love each other, we are by default loving God. God has created each and every one of us and, and, and how individual we are and unique that we are. And when we love each other, we love God. We cannot love God without loving each other. And when we love each other, we by default love God. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And I've wrestled with this sometimes. If you do what I command, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Because if you're going in the direction that Jesus is going, if you're doing what he's saying, what he's leading, how he's speaking to you, then you're moving in his direction and therefore you are absolutely friends because you're moving in the same direction. But if you're not leading or following the leading of Jesus Christ and you're moving in your direction, 
I believe Jesus is always there for us. He's always going to be there the minute we acknowledge him. But, but so often in life, we're trying to take Jesus and move him in our direction. Instead of saying, Jesus, take me in your direction. How many friendships have you been in where the person's always trying to get you to do their thing? They're always trying to get you to watch their show, play their game. Remember as kids when like you couldn't just play Uno, they always had to have the rules. Yeah, I may be stepping on someone's toes. They always had like the house rules because it, it played to their advantage, right? They, they wanted to always win and you had that friend and yet you never got to win. Some of you are like, that's how I play with my kids. I, whatever, like to each of their own. But we've all had these kinds of friends that it's always about going in their direction. It's like the situation my friend was in that night, moving in the other person's direction. And Jesus says, we're gonna go hand in hand, side by side, and you'll recognize this friendship when we both move in his direction. To lay down one's life is a sacrifice. Now you are my friend since I have told you everything the father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Jesus chooses each and every one of you and calls you friend. I think so often the religiosity and legalism and rules and the different ways we operate in religion prevents us from functioning in a friendship with Jesus Christ, our Savior. But Jesus says, look, he's, he's focused so much on this aspect of what I'm looking for. What he's looking for is a friendship. He says, if I just wanted you to obey the rules, then you would still be a slave to the law. But he's saying, I'm looking for a relationship, a friendship, where we walk hand in hand in this direction. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruits so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And I read all the way because I want to finish with this. This is my command, love each other. What is a friend? I think one way we can define a friend is Proverbs 17, 17. And I read this out of the ESV instead of the New Living. I switch because of the language here. But it says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. A friend who chooses to love. That in the midst of all of our differences and preferences and, and looks and ideas that we come into this space and we choose love over everything over our political party, over our color, our race, where we're from. I like to throw Cincinnati out there every once in a while to give you an idea that like, I, I am a Texan tried and true. Like, like my email this week, I, I, was, I took a little joy in that because I was like, you know, in our meet today uh, for our friends giving afterwards and I'm going to wrap up real soon because uh, we, we do got food to get to and we're going to take communion here in a second. But um, I was like, you know, for, for you traditionalists, we'll have the turkey, <laughs> which some of y'all, you're from another nation. You're like, turkey, that's whatever, take it or leave it. And, uh, but forever, for, for us Texans, and even if you're not from Texas, you can, call, you can claim to be a Texan. But for us Texans, we're, man, we're going to have brisket. <laughs> like, like, 
Like I, I grew up with, with Thanksgiving at my dad's, at Pastor Walt's. Uh, thank you for praying for him. He, he arrives back, continue to pray for him. He arrives back from India today. Uh, Abraham Matthew sent me a picture. I meant to get it to the team and to show you on screen. I didn't get it. I can work on that after service during, during dinner. But uh, uh, Pastor Walt arrives back from India. But we go to Pastor Walt's house, and, and we're West Texans. Like, we're going to have, like, five different kinds of meat and some things. And you're not really kind of sure if you call that meat, right? I remember one year we had cow tongue at Thanksgiving. And just so you know, like, yeah, <laughs> some of you are cringing right now. Some of you are like, oh, we got cow tongue today? Like, yeah, Pastor Walt, he, 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 there was no meat off the table. <laughs> like, everything was an option. I don't even remember where I was going with all that, but I'm just thinking food now. I just need I just need to close up. I just need a closed shop. I just need a closed shop. I love this picture. In Romans chapter five, verse ten. For since our friendship with God was restored, our friendship was restored. This shows me that there was a desire of friendship that God always had. God, God called Abraham and Moses friends. They, they had such a, a blessing to be considered a friend of God. And so what we see is even in the Old Testament with some of the earliest heroes of the faith, that there's a word friend that's being used that God desired for his people, his creation. So it says here, it was restored. It wasn't a new idea that came just with Jesus or even through the power of the Holy Spirit's. It was a restoration of God's plan. By the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. I want to pause here for a moment. Too often, I, I, I don't know about you, but I, but I hear this word enemy. And I, I want to change and shift our mindset for today for the word enemy, just to be hostile or, or hateful. And I want to use a different word for the word enemy. Because I don't know about you, but too often I can read this word and and, well, I know the intent of my heart, how, how enemy of God is so drastic. It's such a dramatic language. And, and all two, the writers here of Romans, to use dramatic language, we have it more than even just here. And we can find it in James and we can find it in other places. And so this, this concept of enemy of God is very important and dramatic for a reason. But, but I sometimes struggle to make this leap from friend to enemy. Not frenemy. I know some of you, we're talking about friendship and uh, some of you got plenty of frenemies and that's a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother message, but friend to enemy. And so think about this word enemy and let's just use it. If it's to contrast friend, then enemy is simply to be an unfriend or to be unfriendly. And so when you read it in this context and we're contrasting it, so, so, Jesus desires us to be friendly with God, but yet our nature and our, our position has come from a place of being unfriendly with God. And it says in verse 11, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord, say our Lord, Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Jesus has made us friends because we've been in a position and functioning from a place of unfriendliness, of, of hatefulness. Even if it wasn't our intent, it was our actions. It was the way we lived. It was what we did. But Jesus desires something different. 
And as we get ready to take communion and your elements are on the table, I thought about how valuable this meaning to Jesus was. Jesus would call disciples friends. He even sits down for Passover and even acknowledges Judas in this situation. A friend at the table, a traitor sitting among us. In Matthew 26, 49, It says, so Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss, the kiss that had been planned to show who Jesus was to to those that would come to arrest him. And Jesus says even to Judas, my friend, my friend, to Judas, Even in the midst of betrayal, Jesus would still use such an intentional language. He's not saying this by mistake. This isn't an accident. This is the son of the living God in the flesh walking among us, the people. And Judas in this moment, he refers to him as friend. I wonder how that felt with Judas there for that moment. I talked about this not too long ago in communion when I talked about how we've all been in positions of betrayal of of Jesus, what he's called us to do, when we do the things that we know we shouldn't do and when we don't do the things that we know we should do. And I felt this in this moment for Jesus to not only accept Judas but he calls him friend. I want to tell you today that regardless of what your story looks like, regardless of what your past looks like, regardless of what your choices look like, that he calls you friend. And this intentionality is not just, not just provided through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, paying the price for our sins, taking a punishment that he did not deserve. It wasn't just to that, it was a choice that Jesus desires with each and every one of you. And so often we struggle in friendship, even failing to recognize, even like me yesterday of having to feel like I need to call my friend and talk to him on the phone because I was struggling because my mental state yesterday was in a place of making things harder than it had to be, of just struggle and frustration. But to know that each and every one of us, we have Jesus, a friend who calls us friend. And so I love when Paul in 1 Corinthians, the text that's commonly used for communion and When he says, on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he begins with this moment, on the night when Jesus was betrayed because he was betrayed by a friend and still would accept him. And so we finish as we prepare to take communion. 
in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. I don't think I gave this to the team. And Jesus, and he, on the night when he was betrayed, Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he took and broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In just the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me, as often as you drink it. And so when we take the text in John 15 that we read earlier, and it says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is an absolute representation of a new covenant through Jesus Christ. But it's also a representation of friendship. It's a representation of the desire that he has for each and every one of you. We're not gonna, we're not gonna make our statements today. When we normally take communion, we, we, we have some statements that we say together. I just wanted you to take a moment, if you close your eyes and if, if you've already taken your bread and if you have your bread ready, and as soon as you have it in your hand, you'll close your eyes for a moment and reflect on the ways that Jesus has been there for you in your life, that you had a friend and maybe didn't realize. Maybe that friend was even through someone else. I like how someone said, every time God wants to bless you, he puts someone in your life. He puts a person in your life because God wants to use us to bless us. Jesus, we thank you for your broken body. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your healing. And we thank you for miracles that take place as we put our faith in you and partaking of communion, as we remember your sacrifice, the sacrifice of one who would lay down his life for me, for us. You may take the bread and eat. And if you'll get the drink ready, As you close your eyes and meditate and ponder and think, we think about the things and recognize the things that we've done that we shouldn't do and recognize the things that we didn't do that we know he called us to. Where we've missed the mark, we've come up short. Maybe we recognize the ways that we veered off course, that we moved in our direction instead of his direction. We chased our plans and our desires instead of seeking his plans and desires for our life. And so God, we, we lift up the cup and we say, please forgive us of all our sins, all our wrongdoings. Cleanse us from our past mistakes. Cleanse us from even the ways that we've thought. Make us new, renew our minds. We've given in to ways that have formed a thought process that doesn't align with your thought process and your way of thinking. And we've tried to break free. We've tried to get out of the rut. We've tried to do it on ourselves and our own without friends. 
And we recognize that the greatest friend we need is Jesus is a friend with you, being a friend with you. And we ask you to forgive us, but to make us new, to cleanse our minds and give us a new way. And may we be aware of it. And we thank you for your forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ. And you may drink. Amen. God, we thank you for this time. As we stand and get ready to worship you in this one final song to give you our attention and to recognize your friendship with us. May you continue to speak to us and guide us. May we hear your voice, the voice of a friend who loves us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and worship one final song.